It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. If you're looking to move out of your parents' place, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive, which is good because your little brother has gotten really territorial. You're blood-related. You'd think it would be fine to share food in the fridge. I mean, who writes their name on every individually wrapped slice of cheese, Tyler? Still, you've got to admire the commitment. So bundle your renter's and car insurance with Progressive and use the savings to help you move out and have all the cheese you want. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. This is Dee Dee Keel, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. Pantheon Podcasts presents, from Hollywood, California, The Devil's Music with Pleasant Gaiman. You are invited to join the Hollywood princess as she explores her lifelong pursuits in the occult, sex, love, and that sinful rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, step into the dark parlor of Pleasant Gaiman as she brings you The Devil's Music. Hey, this is Pleasant Gaiman. Welcome to The Devil's Music a Pantheon podcast where rock and roll meets the occult. For you guys that don't know me, I do lots of stuff. I'm a dancer, actor, tarot reader, musician, and a best-selling author with eight books out. I got one on the way, too. Look for my new memoir in early 2021. Basically, it's a written version of this podcast, all sorts of insane stories. It's called Rock and Roll Witch, and it's coming out in February 2021 on Punk Hostage Press. You might have heard the bands I was in or seen me acting or dancing in feature films, music videos, and documentaries. Recently, I had the pleasure of being in the Go-Go's doc. To find out more about me or to book a tarot reading, go to PleasantGaiman.com. That's P-L-E-A-S-A-N-T-G-E-H. M as in man, A as in nancy.com. Or you can check out my Instagram, Princess of Hollywood, all one word. I'm really happy to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Everyone here tells stories about the music we just love so hard. There's like 50 podcasts, maybe more at this point. Find them all on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. But head on over to Pantheon.com, PantheonPodcast.com, if you want to split hairs and share a show with a friend. Okay? Do it. Do it now, baby.
Hi, this is Pleasant Gaiman, and you're listening to the Devil's Music Podcast. And today I have the privilege of interviewing a couple of my Pantheon Podcast sisters. And they're not only sisters just in podcast land, but in, in rock and roll land and groupie land. I'm with Lynx and Shanti of Muses Podcast, and they just happened to be in Hollywood, so they stopped by the Royal Palace. We've been drinking a little bit of Prosecco, and now we're going to chat. Speakers up and say hi, you guys. Hi. I'm so excited for this. You have no idea. Since we started talking about coming to L.A., which was two years ago, we had this dream of coming here, and I had this list of people that I would love to see there, and you are at the top of that list, and it's just so amazing to finally meet you in person after so many years of like being connected online. I'm all smiling. I'm all blushing. You can't see it out there in podcast land, but I do blush occasionally. She Not most is. of the time. <laughs> I'm looking at it. And uh, hi, I'm Shanti, and this is my first time in L.A., first time in California, and I am just happy to be here. OMG, really, dude? No, I'm oh, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, so you... Um, you're not a Hollywood virgin, though, are you? I actually Unless, am. Really? This yeah. is the first time? Oh, my goodness. Well, so so they broke their cherry today at Hollywood Cemetery, which is one of my favorite spots for making out in the 70s. <laughs> making out. <laughs> making out. We're obsessed with a Jody Reynolds song called Making Make Out. out. <laughs> but uh, tell, me, tell me about your experience at Hollywood Cemetery today. Well, it was definitely one of the things that was at the top of my list. So I was really excited when we got to go and our friend Nicole took us and she knew the cemetery really well. So she just kind of beeline straight for all the ones that she knew that we would want to see. And yeah, I got to say hi to Johnny Ramone and Chris Cornell. That was really moving. And uh, who else? Valentino. Christopher Jones was there. Actually... I was telling Shanti about this earlier. I have this thing with Marion Davies all my life. You do? Oh my I, God, I have some stories for you in a second oh. that have to do with rock and roll, but you, you tell yours first. Oh, I'm excited to hear them. So with Marion, ever since I was a kid, I had this obsession with her. And my dad says that I would like constantly be asking about her and like wanting to put her films on. And I was like five. And my dad's like, how do you even know who she is? And then, like, over the years, I started to watch more of her movies and read more about her. And, like, I have, like, so many similarities with her that I honestly feel like I might possibly have been her in a past life. I think I think maybe, too. I mean, for sure. There, there's so much crazy rock and roll tie-ins with Marion Davies here in Hollywood, maybe not in the rest of the world. But um, there was this punk band in the 70s called The Screamers that some of you listeners might know about. And 
The Screamers were wild. It was a total punk band, but they didn't have any guitars. It was all synthesizers and drums. And they like made really no recordings. Like I think the only recordings of them exist on bootlegs. But it was definitely, if you ask anybody from the L.A. punk scene, it was like the the most unbelievable, amazing an influential punk band during that time, like the late 70s. But the Screamers had this house called the Wilton Hilton, which was on Wilton, um, which is a street in Hollywood. And it's still, it's one of the few streets that hasn't been like, you know, sort of scarred by yuppification and urban renewal and gentrification. So there's still a lot of amazing old craftsman houses. And, The Screamers lived at 1845 North Wilton. And it's notable that while they were living there, you you guys are going to not even believe this. Okay, while they were living there, there, that place, which is a big craftsman two-story house, had it had two stories and underneath them there was a family living but when they moved in like a lot of the walls were painted black and there was a huge safe that nobody could figure out how to unlock on the stairway leading up to it with a photograph that had been there when they moved in that was um from a french newspaper when marilyn monroe died and it said marilyn est morte like marilyn is dead yeah and the downstairs neighbors had dogs, and the dogs kept digging up skeletons of cats. And there was rumors that uh, there'd been a satanic cult there in the 70s, but also the GTOs lived there. No way! Yes, and also the house was originally built as a love nest for by William Randolph Hearst. It was Marion oh Davies' God. love nest. And then later on, it got turned into dormitories for starlets at Paramount. That is crazy. No, I know. Is that is that nuts? I mean, like, okay, I know none of you guys that are listening to this are going to think that this was premeditated, but it fully no, wasn't. And it this wasn't. Is, and this is why we call this the devil's music. So there's all that weird-ass connection. And, and then also let me tell you that uh, Kid Congo, before he was Kid Congo, he was my roommate at Disgraceland, which was a, a punk house I had from 1978 till 1988. And he joined the cramps while he was living with me. But before he was living with me, he was living in a room at the Wilton Hilton when when his name was just his regular name, which we're not going to mention on the air. Hashtag dead name. (laughs) No, but um, but we would we would go there with our friend Brad Dunning, who's now like a, a. for years, decades, has been like a big mover and shaker in in um, interior design and um, you know all sorts of. Uh, anything having to do with houses in mid-century, but he used to run a fanzine called Contempo Trends. Anyway, Brad and Kid and I were inseparable, and Kid was living at the Screamer's house, and one night we were getting wasted, and when I say wasted, I mean in three-story high, like neon green capital letters, (laughs) wasted! (laughs) And um, we were so wasted that we were just watching what was on network TV after hours in L.A. before there was cable, which was... You know, just whatever the three channels had in their libraries. And so for some reason, we were watching Reflections in a Golden Eye with Elizabeth Taylor. And uh, um, Kid wanted to go and make Jiffy Pop popcorn. So he started making it in the kitchen. And as I said, we were wasted. But suddenly all this smoke started pouring out of one of the bedrooms that gear from the Screamers, the, synth- the synthesizer player. It was pouring out of the room like... 
I mean, seriously, like the gates of hell. Wow. And it was pouring into the rest of the house. And But it wasn't coming from the direction of the kitchen. But even though we were really stoned on weed, we like walked into the kitchen and were like, are you burning the <laughs> fucking Jiffy Pop? And he was standing there and it wasn't even like started to pop yet. Like the oil, oh like the, the thing, the little thing wasn't even heated up yet. So then we're all like, what the hell is going on? And there was all this smoke all in the hallway. And then we're like, is there a fire in there? And we walked in there and all the windows in that room, it was those old school craftsman bungalow dormer windows. They were all wide open. The smoke was coming from in the room and it was pouring into the rest of the house. And we we were seriously like, oh my WTF. God. But like, we always knew that house was haunted, but this was like one of the, the real proofs and we all witnessed it. It was It was wild. Wow, that is crazy. What a history to that house, though. Like, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's been other all sorts of other sick, crazy stuff. I think it's now an, a, a B&B, like a not Airbnb, but I think it's like a legit bed and breakfast. Sleep tight, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, the cat skeleton thing was nuts. Yeah. And we'd have to confirm with Miss Pamela, also a, a Pantheon podcast woman. Um if the GTOs really lived there, but that's what the screamers said in the in the seventies yeah. when they moved in. I'm sure they probably or some of them did, like yeah, maybe probably. if not all of them did, because I've lived in a few haunted, well, yeah, places that have had uh, paranormal activity. I lived above a music venue once. It was where in in Toronto, uh, pretty close to Toronto. It was like a university kind of small liberal town outside of Toronto. These chicks are Canucks, by the way. Yeah, we are. I'm sure it'll come out in our voices at some point. Yeah, tonight. you just said out. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, so I moved into a room above this venue called The Spill, and a lot of bands that would come and play there, there was a room for them as well. This big band room that a whole bunch of musicians would crash in after they played their show, which was great. I know, Canada is good like that. Mm -hmm. America doesn't have that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was a nice hospitality. But I got to live there in this tiny little room, and I got to pay less rent because I kind of cleaned up after the bands when they were done you know i like took the sheets and i put them in the wash and everything like that but the room yeah it was not it was, like, it wasn't brave. my most Let's popular just put it that way. Like, you were it, brave it's not my proudest moment <laughs> but i had fun and i met a lot of musicians and uh, actually lost my girl virginity in the band room. I was room. just going to say, did you help mess up the sheets? <laughs> yeah, <that you> yeah. <laughs> in in the band room one night when there was no bands there, and I invited yeah, oh, this oh, girl I thought you up. Were no, it, it was just her. It was just her and I. But the room. I'm sure, she has those stories too. Yeah. The <laughs> you know what? Either either the Muses podcast or this podcast could just go on. We could pull a train on all the psychotic sex stories we have. So we're just gonna we're just gonna pump the brakes right now and stick to paranormal. The room shit. was haunted. The small room that I that I rented was haunted. People told me they were like, "Watch out for the old man that lives in your room." That's scary. He's, he sits on a rocking chair and he looks out the window. So I got in the room and I was like, "Hi, old man. My name is Shanti." Let's keep it cool. Like, I'm just nice. I'm here to just, like, I'm not going to be here too long. So let's live in peace. And it worked out fine. That's actually interesting because when I was a kid and I moved back to Toronto, I lived in Edmonton for a couple of years. I moved back into Toronto with my dad and we got this new house. And it was a two-story and it had three bedrooms. And every time I would go down the stairs, I would feel this, like, 
presence like pushing me from behind and it happened quite often and one day I felt it so hard that I actually fell down the stairs really yeah and I always had this like feeling that whatever was doing that was like in because my my room is at the front and then there was a spare bedroom and a bathroom and then a third room this room was like the center room which was right in front of the staircase I always just felt like there was a presence in there and I would never, ever go in. Like, it just freaked me out so much. But then after I fell down the stairs that one day, I, like, went up to the room and I nicely tried to talk and be like, I'm I'm sorry if I'm bothering you. Like, I'm, I have to live here. I'm your roommate now. Does that work? Yeah. It, I, it, I, I never felt the push ever again. No, it, when you talk to ghosts, it really works. Like, this house that... We're in my house now in Hollywood, which is like 116 years old. And um, this house is so haunted. It's like Grand Central Station. But I've, I, one time I was getting so mad because the cats, I have four cats, and they'd be sitting there in the living room, and all of their heads and eyes would be moving at stuff in the hallway. And I always felt like the hallway was haunted. And the hallway, I mean, let's get this straight. I don't live in a mansion. The hallway is probably like 10 feet long. <laughs> but... One time I was sitting in there, and you know when you when you steal uh, one of those coat hangers from a hotel that's made out of wood, like I do? <laughs> um, when you steal some of those because you've got some nice old-ass vintage coats hanging up, and one just happens to break in half the wood <laughs> no. and fly onto the floor... That was like my last straw. I I just stood up like a crazy old lady and I was like, you motherfuckers. Sorry, I don't mean to insult you. I know that you lived here probably before me, but, you know, I, I don't want you out of here. Just don't scare my cats. They really don't like it. And you're scaring them all the time. Oh. So please just be nice. OK, you can stay here as long as you want. Just like I don't care what you do to me. Just don't scare my cats. And then nothing ever happened again. Well, it's nice to know now the trick is to just be vocal. Talk to the ghost. You yeah, know? because they're exactly like how they were when when they were on our spiritual plane. I mean, really, like if someone was an asshole in real life, they're probably going to be an asshole spirit. <laughs> yeah. For real. But um, most of the time you can just talk to them. And I did apologize because I was mad because they were scaring my cats. Yeah. And my cats are my babies. Hashtag crazy cat lady. Um, <laughs> we're all cat ladies here. We're yes. all cat ladies. We're all, we're all about the pussy. Pump the brake. I got told to pump the brakes. <laughs> making out. Making out. <laughs> making out. Okay, so we're drinking Prosecco. I'm just letting you all know when you're listening. So in case anything starts slurring a little, it's not a ghost taking us over. It's like, it's not backwards masking. It's just that. It's just the booze taking over. Yeah. These girls, Lynx and Chanty, have the Muses podcast, and it's all about awesome groupie stuff. And I like, I'll say this in modern parlance, I, air quotes, identified as a groupie for many years. <laughs> I still do, but I, like, I don't, you know, I'm an old ass lady, so I don't go to concerts or shit like that that much anymore. But um, when I used to go, there was all sorts of crazy synchronicities where I could just meet anybody I wanted. I mean, it would be crazy. Like, I could, I, I could almost invisible man my way through a backstage door with no one noticing. Or I could just say... I want to meet blah, blah, blah. And I would meet them like the next week or something. I mean, not not even knowing that if they were going to be in town or the other thing I used to do when I was producing shows, which started in 1978. If I wanted someone to come to one of my shows, I would always put their name on the guest list. And I 
I swear to God, it happened so many times that like they would just show up and someone would be like, you know, because they were famous, they'd be, oh, you're on the guest list. And they would just come in and then someone would say like, blah, blah, blah wants to meet you. And it'd be like, are you kidding? And they're like, no, they're here and they want to meet you. <laughs> that so, is amazing. Yeah. But I know that you guys have experiences like that, too. And I have to say that I think this is all about our like our desires and our intent and just like through your intent, you're able to make things happen. So let's hear some of you guys' backstage stories that go along in that vein. I think kind of along the lines of when you see something that you want and then saying, oh, I'm going to have that. Like there was one, probably to this day, the most good looking musician that I've ever seen that lived in another part of the country. Are you going to name names? I don't think I can. Are you going to name initials and let me guess? Oh, you know what? It's I sometimes I have had this conversation with American podcasters before and the Canadian music scene is almost like if it's if they're not American nobody knows who they are anyways. So Do you know what I mean? Tom so Connors? if I no, no I'm so that's kidding. the thing is like <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say his name nobody's going to know who he is and then I've I've named that him anyway. I was anyways. a Canadian person. Yeah, I was a Canadian oh, who person. Cares about, no, I'm exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm we won't even go there with that. But I just like but, I saw his photo. Cute, right? I knew he was coming, and then I was like, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get that tonight. And then sure enough, he walks into the room, and I walk right up to him. I have a line. I use it. It works, and we're you know. But if you want to know the full story, you have to go to Shanti's Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we started the Patreon. That's actually why we started the Patreon. Is like because we're not going to really spill our secrets here. This is what the other women who have already spilled their secrets. I just I'm going to start my own website called Matreon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just brilliant. pay me directly. Don't, don't. <laughs> I love it. I want to be on that network. <laughs> Okay, but you want some names. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh, All right. Tell, tell, tell it. Okay. Lynx is going to so good to be put on the spot, does it? Lynx is going to spill some. Um, uh, I'm just going to talk about. I can't tell being if she's groupie. blushing or if it's her sunburn from going to Malibu <laughs> yesterday. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm a beat. but uh, And she doesn't mean in the Maynard G. Krebs beatnik way. She's, <laughs> she's wearing a lot of concealer. Because she's a, she's my fair lady, and she went to the beach in California. Yeah, like a, a two hours, and I was with the uh, hole in the ozone layer that I pretty much like. I'm responsible for twenty square miles of from Aquanet abuse in the eighties. Yeah, this is thanks to you. Well, it's very becoming. Thank okay, you. tell us your story. Well, uh, like Shanti, I just feel like most of my life my groupie life I just had this ability that was beyond me doing something beyond my understanding where like I would see a guy on TV you know watching much music and there would be a music video and I'd be like wow I'm so attracted to this person I'd love to meet them and then without even you know going super out of my way to try it would just kind of fall into place I remember one time I had a friend who was good friends with this musician that I just was dying to meet. Is this a Canadian insignificant person? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, but wait, no, are you no, going to no, name no. names? I'm definitely uh, not this name. Maybe another name. Initials? Another time. Do you want hey, me to just make someone up? It. it was Sir Mix-a-Lot. No, I'm just kidding. 
Oh my god. Well, I love big butts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? But yeah, I remember just being like crazy excited to meet this person. And then the weirdest part was they were performing like their first solo gig. They had a band and then they had a I'm giving away like hints here. I know. Canadian is, I people think. will know it. But he did this solo thing and then his But wait, not Justin Bieber, right? No, it's definitely not Justin no, Bieber. No, I just, wanted, that to, I just like, wanted to make sure before I kicked you out of I my feel head. like that would be like pedophilia as well at this point. <laughs> so he's playing his first solo show, and the club that he was playing at was in his hometown, and it was called Lynx. No. Oh, I, did you know that? No. Oh, no. of course it was. And it was like spelt like my name, L-Y-N-X weirdest coincidence and then when we get there and I, as I'm like freaking out he just immediately walked over and was like hi like who are you like blah 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 and introduced himself like I didn't even need my friend to introduce me it was like just drawn and just the fact that it was at a club called links like that's just that's insanity yeah the synchronicity thing is the same I love it yeah let's we, just say that like sting doesn't have the fucking patent on that. Exactly. <laughs> One time in Toronto, we saw Father John Misty and we, the same thing happened. The band, somebody from the band approached us and just said something like, thanks for dancing. Cause this is, yeah, thanks for dancing. And so we were hanging out with them. So we had plans to meet up with the band afterwards, but really it was like Josh Tillman that I wanted to hang out with. Right. Cause like He's the talent. He is Father John Misty. He's the hot guy. And so the guys told us to meet at their hotel. And as we were waiting in their hotel lobby, Josh Tillman walked by and was like, what are you girls doing here? And then we ended up hanging out with him that night. So things like that, as you said, doors just kind of always being open for us. The good luck always seems to find us. And then I think one of our maybe most special moments we had with, I guess, the door opening was with Elvis. You want to go there? Hell yeah, I want to go there. Is it time for our otherworldly Elvis story? Of course it is. It's never not time for that. All right. Well, as you know, Lynx and I are world travelers. They do. They travel a lot. (laughs) They go all over the place in search of the wildest, groupy sex stories. That's right. And digging the rock and roll dirt. And making our own groupie sex stories. Oh, totally. I mean, hashtag me too. <laughs> not, not in the regular way. I just meant I, I, say, hashtag same. That's what I meant. Yeah, it's funny because we were groupies for you and for Pamela. And now I think we have groupies. So the groupies and groupies have have groupies. It's all full circle. Yeah, it's pretty meta. It hurts my brain. This but, just means that like everybody likes each other. So we went to Nashville for a podcast festival. When was this? Two years ago. Okay. Two summers ago now. And the people we were with pretty much planned everything. It was nice. We didn't have to do too much. It was just kind of like, oh, go here, go there, do this, do that. And uh, we left it in other people's hands. But they wanted to do they wanted to do Graceland one day. And we weren't ready yet because we needed more time to do Graceland. And they were cutting it short. So we're like, we would rather just stay. We stayed in that. Wait, how could you have a podcast thing going on in in Tennessee and like not and cut Graceland short? Right. So we decided to go the next day and spend the full day at Graceland. Good. So that instead, we decided to sit by the pool. And he had made reservations at that. Elvis Hotel. What was it called? 
Probably. Heartbreak Hotel. It was the ho- like the Graceland Inn or something. It's kind of cheesy, but we we dug it. And so it was pretty much like on the Graceland property or very, very close. So we decided to sit by the pool and we had a conversation with Elvis. We decided this is why we're here. Wait, we 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 quote quote on something? No. We weren't. We weren't even on anything except maybe the hot Memphis sun. <laughs> Which obviously does wonders for links. Yes. But yeah, we kind of snuck into the pool area because we weren't allowed to check in yet. And we were just sitting there and we just like felt this connection with Elvis. Like it was just sort of all around us. And we kind of were like, do you feel it? And we were like, yeah, like we, I feel it too. And so then we went to Sun Records a few hours oh after that. Oh my God, Sun Records. And we got the tour like everybody else would get the tour. There was a young guy bringing us through it, and we noticed a couple of people who were working there kind of laughing and having a good time at the front reception where you go in, and we were joking around a little bit with them. So we had the full tour, and at the end, when everybody's kind of taking that photo with Elvis's microphone that everybody's allowed to take that photo with, I kind of went over to the guy who gave us the tour, and I was like, hey, what's your name? And he's like, my name's Daniel. What are y'all doing here? So oh, we're here for a podcasting festival. Oh, what's y'all's pod? I don't know how they say it, but what's your podcast about? So I said, I said what it was about. And he said, well, why don't you guys come back here later tonight and record? Really? That's great. And so we said, are you like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. Just let's exchange numbers. I'll give you a text later. Come on back and we'll record. So we didn't think that, okay, we didn't think that that was actually going to happen. But we didn't want to hold our breath. We didn't want to be disappointed. But we went out. We had a drink to calm our nerves. And sure enough, the text came through in a few hours. We've got you guys set up if you want to come by in an hour. So you did a podcast in Sun Records? That's awesome. We did a podcast, yeah, at Sun Records. And we sat in almost the... We sat in the exact same spot. I went... I I stole the chair. I sat and recorded. You stole the chair? No, I didn't actually steal it. (laughs) I sat in the chair... I was like, how did you get that through Canadian customs? (laughs) (laughs) In the spot where Elvis recorded his first record. So I spoke into a microphone in the same exact spot that Elvis spoke into his first microphone. Yeah, basically. (laughs) The way that I used to suck on Douglas Fairbanks' grave in Hollywood Cemetery so I could get that movie star, like Lothario DNA. We definitely didn't suck anything there, but <laughs> we sucked back a couple of beers. Oh yes, yeah, we did. Yeah, we just got to hang out, had a couple beers. We recorded with Daniel and Plez, who work there, and they're in- Plez, Ple- Pleasant, yeah, another Pleasant. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. He was the sound engineer. That, wait, he you know did- that's my nickname, right, Plez? Yeah. People don't know. People don't know that in podcast land, but. If you really know me, you call me Plez. And if you're some idiot that meets me on Instagram, you call me Plez. And I decide if I like you or not. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting, though. It's another synchronicity. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, that is. That's wild. But yeah, they were great. They came on. They were cute. They were great. They were cute. So did you have sex and sound records? I would have if I didn't have a boyfriend. You should have just said no comment. (laughs) So yeah, we um we got to record there and hang out with those guys and they were a lot of fun and they even gave us some like photos of Elvis and we just danced in the room for a while and like absorbed the energy there cuz you can definitely feel like that rock and roll energy. Yeah, and you can totally feel it. 
Yeah. I've, I've been there a few times. The first time I went there, I think, was in 1978. Yeah, we got to, like, sit at the piano and play, like, the piano. We picked up a guitar. It was just, it was pure magic. And, of course, throughout the day, all along the way, we were just thanking Elvis because we just felt like that's why we felt him around. He was going to give us the proper Memphis tour, I guess. And then we did get to go to Graceland the next day, and that was also pretty incredible. Did you guys hang out on Beale Street? We did for a little while, but that was like right before we got the call to go to Sun. So we had a drink there. Shanti made some friends with some locals. Do you remember those two like old dudes that were like... Where are you from? Oh, those fucking guys. <laughs> no, I, I had no time for that. I was just like, shut up. I'm waiting for a text about Sun Records. <laughs> and they but, were like, sure. Sure sure you are, gal. But yeah, text our, about Sun Records. <laughs> on our way back, the guys drove us back to our hotel that night, and we did run out of gas on Elvis Presley Boulevard. That's exciting. It was awesome. It was actually hilarious. And uh, didn't he also run out of gas the other way as well? Yeah, he said that he couldn't stop thinking about me the next day. Well, and one of he the forgot, guys? Yeah, and he forgot to fill his car up with gas the next day, too. <laughs> that is so Southern. That's like that Southern charm that, like, even if they're fucking shit up, like, they're all like, oh, shucks, I forgot to put some gas in the tank. <laughs> thinking about you all day. Yeah. <laughs> all day and all night. I know I'm a, I'm such a sucker for a southern accent. Oh, I like love all Tom that Petty. rockabilly horny stuff, you know. It's like it's still alive down there in Memphis. I gotta say. Yeah, it was a lot of fun going there. That was definitely the highlight of the trip. And yeah, those guys are great, and they still we still chat with them here and there, and love to go visit again. Yeah, the guy, there was a guy that we were with on the trip who was an asshole, and he said that the only reason Wait, why... Wait, was he from Canada? Yeah, he was, uh, unfortunately, yes. And he yes. said that the only reason why these good things kept happening to us is because we're good looking. Duh. <laughs> I mean, I get a clue. Yeah. Like, see, that that's like one thing that's not even synchronicity, but if you're good looking, I just got to say, shit's going to happen. True. But we were also the only two people that decided to talk to people who worked there. Right. Well, right? that also makes a huge difference. But and if you're hot. good looking and you talk to people, like everything's going to happen all the time. Okay. Word to the wise. Like, hey, good looking. What you got cooking? <laughs> How about cooking something, something up. up for me? We were walking down the street today to the cemetery, and a guy in a in car. In Hollywood, we're 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 right back in Hollywood, right? Yep. Yeah. And a guy in a car passed us and went, "Wow!" <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I realized I was hot, even by LA standards. <laughs> we're, I had no idea. We're by East Hollywood standards. <laughs> Hey. No, 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 no. That, that's not, no, just like, you know, like, when, you know, whenever you're walking down the street and someone calls you, a lot of women get offended by it, but here at my age, I'm like over 60, so I'm like, yep, I still got it. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I still get carded a lot in Toronto for the LCBO, which is where we buy alcohol. And How old do you have to be to drink up there now? 19. Wait, I, when when people do that to me, like not that it's happened lately, <laughs> but when when they were carding me, you know, like in my forties or my fifties, like I'd be like, "Are you picking up on me?" <laughs> yeah, 
It's weird. Yeah, I'm 35 now, and I certainly appreciate that they think I could possibly be a 19-year-old or under, but... Either that or, like, people with low IQs can sometimes be really hot. No. <laughs> yeah, I always... Go uh, ahead, just send send all your hate mail to Pantheon Podcast. <laughs> Oopsies. I'm not apologizing, I'm just saying. If you want to send hate mail, go ahead. Just, just send it to the Pantheon Podcast address. Yeah, I feel like such a bad girl today. Usually, like, I'm such a good girl in our Wait, podcast. Wait, your whole podcast and... is about being a bad girl. Yeah, but it's about, like, yeah. Just embrace your bad girlness. Yeah, I just feel like this is really bringing the bad girl out in me, and I like it. Sandy's having a Madonna whore complex. It's interesting, because Shanti also, this weekend, wrote about being a bad girl when she used to, when she was little. I won't, I won't. At the writing workshop, I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to be, I didn't want to be so surface and so light all the time. I'm always the, like, happy-go-lucky, you know, nice stories. And I was like, I'm going to go deep this time. Yeah, and she did. She talked about, can I tell them? Yeah. Shanti was the grade school bully. Wow. Yeah. But really? Like, I said a couple of mean things to a couple of mean people f- between the ages of four and nine. <laughs> Wait, when you were that age too, right? Yes. Okay, yes. just check it. Yeah. <laughs> like full adult woman just putting down four-year-olds. Yeah. It's not like a Catholic nun that had a writing top concealed <laughs> under her habit or anything. That's another thing. Wait, what was it? Like, I know you are, but what am I? No. <laughs> I once told a girl that she had a receding hairline. <laughs> At the age of nine? Yep. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Like if Andy Warhol was still alive, he he would sign you up for to be in a movie. <laughs> so yeah, Shanti wrote this piece and just talking about how the energy of being a groupie and the kind of synchronicities that happen. And me and Shanti met actually through Pamela Debar because she came and did a writing class in Toronto and we got together through that and all the women that we've met through Pamela's writing group and all these other women who are so like-minded it's just it's incredible to hear how close the stories are like we all feel that energy we all have these things happening to us and when we all get together in a room and like we write and we create, it's just unbelievable magic happening. It's, it's amazing. We have so much power, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I know. I mean, that kind of stuff is crazy. Like, I think a lot of people that don't believe in magic with a, with a C or with a CK, they just don't get it. Like they, like the power of intention, any of that kind of stuff, you know, like really most people don't think that like you can create what you want or, or just bring it into your life. And it's so true. Well, even just wanting to be here and making the choice that we were going to make this trip because for People who are born and raised or who lived all of their lives in California or in in L.A., um, I'm from a small town in northern Ontario where even Toronto, where Lynx is from, seemed like a really big city, a really almost unachievable or, you know, you really had to go out of your way or be someone or try really hard or do something really special to get there. So to think about how we want to get here and who we want to see and what we want to be doing when we're here took effort and it took work and it took having the idea 
meeting the right people, having the right attitude, and then making it happen. Yeah, that's all. That's all focus and intention. I think you know, but like I think a lot of people just think that like it will never happen. And if you if you just like believe that it will happen or that it could even that it could happen, it will happen. Right. I've started following something recently that says more about manifestation through your subconscious reprogramming in terms of like if your subconscious really doesn't believe that you're meant that you deserve to have a few things then you're never going to get it and you can think positive and use these affirmations and make vision boards as much as you want but really if you truly believe I don't I don't know I'm kind of playing around with it a little bit and I'm trying to go back and really trying to uncover some things that I might not believe or believe in myself and make sure that I do really feel like I belong here. I deserve this. I've worked for this and all of that shit. So I've been playing around with a little bit of different kinds of manifestation work and tricks over the years. Yeah, I love all that stuff. I I, I think that like I used to like look at pictures in magazines like when I was like 12 and 13, you know, in the early 70s. And I would just look at like I remember like looking at this one picture from the back of Max's Kansas City and it was like Lou Reed and Iggy Pop and David Bowie and I had this like moment and I was like oh my god they all know each other wow and but before that I'd been thinking like if I lived in England or if I lived in New York or something I'd be friends with this person or that person and I never kind of saw the difference between like them being a rock star and me being someone that was like in a small town on the East Coast or something. I just thought, oh, of course, like, well, they wrote that song. So obviously we have a lot in common. And I was like thinking that shit when I was like 13. And I didn't until I was like way, way, way an adult. I mean, decades into adulthood, I was like, wow, that was like manifestation. Like, of course, I'm going to meet this person, you know, but I, I wouldn't have thought of it like that at the time. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually remember being like 13 years old, too, and like really not fitting into the school and the people that I knew. It just I felt very alone at that time. And I remember like actually multiple times where I'd be crying in my bed because I just wanted to like go to shows and hang out with bands and meet my like music people and I just knew like that's where I belonged and I remember my dad being like you're gonna do it you're 13 you'll get there it didn't take long to get there but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I do remember like before making it happen having these dreams and just knowing that that's that was my people that's where I belong this is the life I'm meant to have and within like a year it was happening So, yeah, I definitely believe that was manifesting. I wanted that so bad. Sometimes we get asked by some people who listen to us is, what's the best way to meet this person? How do you get in? How do you get backstage? And some of it is like planning. Some of it is right place, right time. Some of it is knowing the right people. And then there's a part of it that comes down to it that's just like, there's nothing I can say or do. It's just magic. Yeah. Either you have it or you don't. It's in your life or it isn't. So there are some things that I can say, follow these steps and it's very possible that it'll happen. But then on the other hand, you have to have that like that little special something too that's really going to push you right into where exactly where you want to be. Yeah, you just have to believe in it. Mhm. Cuz it, it happens too many times to like deny it. I mean, at least in my life it did. I'm the same when I think back on all the things 
I did and circumstances, I somehow got into that. Like you said, at the beginning of the day, I did not have like a plan for the day. And suddenly you just take this wild adventure and, oh, it's just so much fun. You just have to say yes to to things. You have to notice the opportunities and say yes. Yeah, exactly. And I love hearing all your stories. Every time we talk, it's like (laughs) just more insane. I just marvel at the amount of incredible, entertaining, wild stories that you have. <laughs> Keep telling me more. I'll tell you. I'll tell you more in your podcast. Perfect. Good because we have a lot of questions for you. Okay. So should we do a little small tarot reading for each one of you? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yes, someone please. has to hold this microphone and my creaky chair. Who wants to go first? How about you, Shanti? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. You gonna hear the right cards? Shuffle. I don't shuffle like a, a Las Vegas dealer. I shuffle. Well, also, this is my bar deck, meaning this tarot deck has been spilled on an, a number of times. Why am I using the bar deck? Because we're drinking wine tonight as we're as we're recording this. But what else would you expect? Okay. How many decks do you have? I don't even know. Yeah. The amount of costumes I have for dancing and the amount of tarot decks I have are appalling. Best not to count. Okay, so, Santi, you got um, you got like almost all court cards, which means there's going to be a lot of <laughs> you're going to laugh. Everyone's going to think I'm making this up. Um, you got one ace and you got three court cards. So the court cards are people coming into your life that you're going to be influential on them, and they're going to be influential on you. Sweet. And you got Knight of Cups, which um, you have a boyfriend, right? I do. Okay, no matter how groupy as she she describes, she's got a boyfriend. So that's obviously your boyfriend with the Knight of Cups. With the Page of Cups, this card is all about your being psychic and about just it's it's about your subconscious, your intuition and your ability to process that and and your ability for knowing. You got the Ace of Pentacles reversed, which is um Whenever you get an ace in tarot, it's always a little bit off in the future. And did you just tell me, like, before we started recording this, that you're going to move to a farm? Yep. Okay, so that hasn't manifested yet. Right. By the time that you guys are hearing this in podcast land, maybe it has, but you're going to be so happy on that farm. It's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be absolute home for you and it's going to be, all sorts of spiritual enlightenment as soon as you get there. Things are going to be great. And you also got King of Cups, which this could be you or your boyfriend. Anytime you get a court card in tarot, it could be you or someone in your life. So I'm thinking it's for both of you. You're going to be super happy on that farm with your pigs and your goats and your chickens. and Beautiful. Yeah, that's wild. Three cups and a pentacle. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. As soon as the night came up. Yeah, I definitely see him there. I like that idea that by the time this comes out in podcast land, that's where we're going to be. That's yeah, exactly. it's going to feel super grounded. And I know I'm going to have a lot of more time to tap into my spiritual nature, my divinity, connect with nature. I'm so jealous down. that you're living on a farm. All I want is goats. Yeah, we're well, going to get a goat. Well, maybe not all I want, but I definitely... <laughs> Yeah, and then it'll open up more opportunity for travel as well and travel together, travel solo. And I think it's going to be a real nice, happy, healthy life. Yeah, and this is something you have been manifesting for a long time now. Yeah, I've been working on it for for a while. Awesome. Thank you. That was wonderful. Okay, let's do you, Lynx. All right, I'm looking forward to this. I can't wait to see what this is. 
I'm very curious. Shanti knows more about tarot than I do. Hmm, I think she might get some swords. Sword, swords always mean that you're, it's all about your, your intellectual process, your communication, we'll writing, talking, speaking. Hmm. Okay, I'm just going to drop it there. We're doing this on a really awesome vintage Formica table. Whoa! <laughs> okay, so Lynx, you got um, you got to understand how strong you are with this Five of Pentacles. Uh, sorry, Five of Cups. Five of Cups. Cups is all about your emotion and your intuition. So, in in, in this version of the Five of Cups, the guy that looks like Dracula on the Rider Waite Smith deck. <laughs> <laughs> Probably no one else thinks that but me, but. Looks like a hot vampire. He's looking at at cups that are laying down, but there's still two upright behind him that he's not focusing on. Fives are always a little bit chaotic. So you got to take that cup energy and you got queen of cups reversed. So you got to turn that right side up, which I know you always will. So the queen of cups, actually, it's maybe it's better that you've got queen of cups reversed because when she's upright, she's an empathic mess. She's like a total empath and she takes on energy from other people. But then you've got death, which this usually horrifies a lot of people, the card death. But it's just because it's been made really popular in B movies because it's one of those striking cards like the hangman. Yeah. And um, since these cards were made in 1909, it looks kind of a little bit macabre, which is why I like this deck. This deck is beautiful. Yeah, it's the best deck ever. Um, but death is about changes and transformation. And then you get another cups card. You get the ten of cups, which means everything is going amazingly for you. Everything is fine and wonderful and happy in your lifetime. Oh my goodness, I love the sound of that. Yeah, that's a that's a you're manifesting that with death. I feel like yeah, with that's... death the, the death card, not death like rock and roll suicide by <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> I mean, and speaking of the writing workshop that we did recently in Vegas, you know, you did have, and I won't say too much about it, but an emotional piece in your writing about your emotions, about, you know, relationships and... Oh, that's that's totally like five, uh, that's a five of cups moment. And I like the reversal of it, moving into a death, the kind of rebirth starting again, and then you get the... Ten of Cups. I wasn't expecting Is cups she, for you. Yeah, I'm just out of like a toxic relationship. Thing. Oh, well, then no wonder so. you got Five of Cups. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's good to know I'm on the right path then. And then your cups are run a thing over with the Ten of Cups. Yeah, that was a lot of cups. Whenever you see like like uh, sequential or progressive numbers. So you just leapt from the five to the ten. So that's really good. Okay. I know I sound like the rain man. Yeah. It was five <laughs> to the ten. <laughs> So we both got a whole bunch of cups. Is it because we are in this like emotional space too, where we're sending so much love back and forth between the two of us and everybody that we meet? Is like there an energy of like strong emotions and love around us? I think I think that's completely. But also, like I gotta say, one time, you know, we're we're in our cups. We have been drinking during this podcast. Why wouldn't cups come up? Yeah, very true. Very but, true. you know, drinking, emotions, beautiful girls together. Yeah, it's all about that energy. <laughs> we manifested. <laughs> all right, so shall we say goodbye to our listening public? Yeah, thank you so much. When we started our podcast, you were our first interview, and now here we are 
two and a half years later, three years later, and we're in your town, in your home, and this is a real holy shit moment for us. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Houses of the holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's all say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Mwah. Mwah. Making out. Making out. Well, that was Chanty and Lynx of the Muses podcast. Aren't they just fabulous? We got our cards did. We talked about losing our virginity, having sex in haunted places, sneaking backstage and doing crazy ass shit. (laughs) If you want more of them, head on over to Pantheon or anywhere you get podcasts and look up Muses podcast. It's all about the history of women in rock and roll backstage and on stage. It's really fabulous. Anyway, happy holidays to y'all. If you're listening to this late to the party, uh, this episode was the last episode of 2020. So onwards and upwards for 2021. Making out. The Devil's Music is written and hosted by Pleasant Gaiman. Produced by Aaron Alden. All sound design by Jerry Danielson of Busy Signal Studios. And of course, is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at pantheonpodcasts.com. Our social presence is at Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found wherever you get great music. Please pick up these important and fantastic tracks. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought about space in my cramped apartment, but in this house, all I see is empty space. The sofa and ottoman look like tiny islands in a sea of hardwood floors. I could get two ottomans in the living room, but then I'd need another sofa. I could tell people I'm into minimalism. 
Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.